healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to Office Hours with Infinix. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on and joining with us. Uh, this week, we are joined by our revenue cycle analytics expert, Bimal Sahu, and he is going to help us dive into better utilizing reporting and analytics in order to increase reimbursement. So thanks, Bimal, so much for joining us this week. Thank you, Kate. Why don't you kick us off and let's start with what trends we're seeing in revenue cycle over the last two years, um, especially as it pertains to reporting and analysis. Wow. So the last two years has actually been quite eventful, right? So we saw COVID, then we saw, uh, you know, revenues dipping, and then we saw the recovery, and then now things are slowly getting back onto track. So now, uh, healthcare payment lifecycle, if you see, is not as simple as most other industries, right? So right. you typically, apart from the time of service collections, you typically get paid after the service is rendered. So it's much more complex. And then you have very different, uh, you know, stakeholders who are going to make you uh, make the payments. So it would be either the payers, uh, in some cases, it could even go to the secondary, or even uh, it, it's mostly now because of the high deductible plans, a lot of patient responsibility is to be recovered. So before the pandemic, if I compare, uh, you know, things were steady. So you have charges getting billed out. People were, or most organizations were on a steady track and uh, payments with a lag were following in. So your GCR metrics, your denial rates, and many of the other metrics were not having a whole lot of ups and downs, right? But as the pandemic struck, Right. Now you are looking at the same metrics, but there is so much of abnormality because your revenues just got a dip, your billing got a dip, but your payments, because you still had outstanding AR, which is your biggest asset sitting on your, as your assets in your balance sheet, people are still working those. So payment is still coming in, right? So as compared to your billing that did dip in the initial months, your payment still went down. But what that meant was that suddenly you're seeing 120%, 130% net collection rates. The GCR got a bump. There are more denials coming in as compared to the billing uh, that you're incurring. There are more write-offs that are happening. But still, hey, your days in AR is going down. Your NCR and GCR looks great. So, so there are questions like what typically is happening to our regular metrics that we are looking at, right? And then as, as the billing kind of uh, steadied out and went into the upturn, then the payment as is a lack has now is going to follow, right? So suddenly your NCR and GCR that were at like 150% and 60% now are at 60%, 70%. Whereas there's nothing wrong. It's just the way that the metrics were being looked at that's how naturally when you see a big bump or a big uh, trump in the in the data, uh, mm -hmm. in, in the kind of billing that you see, these metrics are following those trends, right? 
So, so what happened is a lot of financial leaders were scratching their head like this doesn't make sense or what what typically did we uh, you know didn't look at or what did we miss and they right. were all going to their uh, you know discussion boards and looking at hey did we track the right metrics are we missing something uh, how do we take our organization to the path of profitability because right now everybody was kind of struggling with a revenue dip and the payments they were lagging and then all these other issues around you know the denials the enm code changes that came in in 2021 quarter 1 you know a lot of covid related you know denials uh, especially around medical necessity or non covered services even eligibility authorization all kind of spiked up so then in kind of 2021 somewhere in the middle we saw things kind of coming back into recovery but then the earlier metrics around dazing ar aging ar denials all had now kind of blown up onto our faces where they're becoming bigger threats towards uh, profitability of organizations so right. amidst all of these you know certain um, you know healthcare organizations that i have worked with who were ahead of the curve realized that there is a whole importance around how do we structure data how do we come up with innovative metrics that truly gives a better picture about how we are functioning what our profitability are where are the revenue opportunities what is getting paid what is not getting paid and, right. and that's how going into 2022 uh, a lot of investments uh, have happened or are in the pipeline to happen about how do we structure data better and get to the right metrics and look to the nitty gritties of how we're getting paid great thank you and i think as as you mentioned that's that's the first place to look when you need to work on increasing your reimbursement you don't have access to that data it can be impossible so what uh what are you seeing as the most common method that healthcare organizations are using to analyze their data so typically if you see most of the metrics or most of the data behind the metrics actually is generated out of the billing systems now billing systems have very standard modules and these modules have been i mean i would say are pretty archaic in current context because they just rely on very specific metrics around what's a billing what's a payments what's your gross collection rate some don't even give out the net collection rate out of the out of the box because it's pretty right. difficult to kind of compare with and are they com- uh, coming out of these numbers in the right way so they don't generally give that up right right another standard metric would be the age trial balance report contains your days in bucket of your ar in 0 to 30 30 to 16 so and so forth where you have you know payers on the top and each of them is kind of categorized and the dollar amounts in each of the boxes are presented the other one that they would kind of give out out of the box would be your days in ar or your ar over 120 days and mm-hmm. then in terms of denials many don't even capture or most of the most of the systems don't even capture denials in the correct way mm-hmm. and therefore you have these denied dollars coming up and when you apply that to calculate your denial rates the numbers look just absurd but the most challenging thing that i have seen is that most of these kpis are tracked on a counting period basis because 
matching it up to the date of service is little tedious and also complex for most systems to kind of come up with. And if right. providers have outsourced their billing services to outside providers, uh, outside uh, service providers in the uh, billing and RCM domain, they typically uh, are lacking control over that data. And uh, they're also kind of lacking, you know, the right metrics that tells them where money is coming from and where reimbursements are failing. So that's the, in, in current world, this is how our most healthcare organizations are currently analyzing their revenue cycle data. Mm-hmm. There's still a whole lot of things that needs to be improved in this domain, definitely. Are you still seeing a lot of Excel? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because, yeah. uh, so what happens is you have these canned reports that come out of the billing systems and typically you can't join one report with the other because they're not at all interactive in nature. They do not connect between one report to the other so that you can form an analysis or do some root cause analysis on why things are going right or why things are not going right. So what essentially uh, you know most uh, revenue cycle leaders are dealing with is bunch of data coming in, crunching numbers all through Excel, still not being able to get to the build out uh, you know capabilities or the options to better analyze their data. Right. That's absolutely what's what's happening around. What are you seeing as the most common metrics and KPIs that most CFOs and revenue cycle leaders are tracking right now? What are what are the most important to them that they're taking a look at? Yeah, um, I think uh, the top line numbers that go into their books, right? I mean, that's what they report to their board or even out there in the market if they're public. It's like, what what did they bill out? How much payments have they collected? What is their you know write-off percentages? Uh, what's their gross collection rate? And then what's the, what's the denial rates that they are currently seeing? And that's an internal metric. They don't need to publish that out. And then uh, they also kind of have to provide days in AR and as a metric, right? Uh, how many day sales outstanding uh, they have. So I think apart from uh, these metrics, if they are really thinking and have the time to kind of go further, they do look at some uh, metrics around aging by different payers so that they can think about what's the strategy going behind the outstanding AR and denials. They look at some of the denial rates for, for each of the month that they have built out what's the denial dollars right. that they have gotten. But again, these, these data sets are somewhat disconnected because the payments that you received this month, they don't necessarily match to the charges that were billed out in this month, right? The, the charges right. that we can't build out, they're going to get paid over a period of time. So unless we match things together, the picture is a little blurry, but uh, in our world, we always go by uh, you know, financial standards of account-based uh, reporting. And that's what the current uh, metrics uh, most people are tracking. What mistakes do you see organizations making when it comes to reporting and analytics and kind of along the same lines? You talked about what metrics and KPIs they are tracking, but what do you think organizations are missing? Yeah, that's that's quite an interesting question. When you talk about mistakes, it's generally not about, uh, you know, they don't know the logic or they don't know what mm-hmm. formulas to apply. It's about how do you get access to the data to be able to do that? And in most cases, as I said, like they don't really have access to the raw data to be crunching that numbers, right? The billing right. system does that for them. And when the billing system does that for them, they typically 
can't really evaluate if the formulas are being applied correctly. So I'll take an example about the net collection rate, right? First okay. of all, most billing systems do not provide that. And second is, even if they provide, they would apply a formula like, what is my total payments on my numerator? And on my denominator, they would take charges and subtract the contractual adjustments from that. The payments and charges, okay, th those are crystal clear, right? What about contractual adjustments? Now, if your system is not capturing the data correctly, then it would tag some of the bad debts and the write-offs that you took because you were not able to collect and has annotated them as also contractual adjustments, right? Now, right. if that's happening, then it will slow, show you an inflated NCR. So a good thing would be to you know, go deeper and kind of understand how the different formulas are being applied when you're seeing those KPIs and metrics in your billing systems. That's one. Mm -hmm. The second is that this probably is also an archaic way to compare because, uh, for the NCR, the formula that I just described. It's still an archaic way because it works well when you have steady uh, billing and you have steady payments coming in, right? But when you are not matching them to the date of service or to the to the particular set of charges that were built out in a particular month, then all you are seeing is some months it your NCR could even go above 100%. And that's typically because you're doing everything by accounting period. And that's is not a true reflection of how you're collecting. That was really helpful. Thanks, Bimal. Um, I think a couple of good takeaways there. Gone are the days of just looking at your top denial reasons. <laughs> That's not going to necessarily move the needle. You've got to really dig deeper and, and really get a good understanding of exactly what the situation is in order to eliminate those denial reasons and, and actually collect. So thank you for that. That was really helpful. If you're an RCM leader or CFO, what analytics or reporting would you ensure that you have at your fingertips at all times? Board calls an emergency meeting once the an update on the financials. What do you have at your fingertips in order to get a full financial picture of your organization? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there are quite some metrics out there, but I think uh, the top, uh, top line and bottom line would uh, always be important, which means your billing, uh, average monthly billing, how much are your average monthly collections that you should definitely always have on your fingertips and the trajectory, are you growing uh, and uh, you're growing at what pace? So that's one. Uh, but the next also would be the net collection rate adjusted for and kind of matched to your date of services. As I said, 90 days lacks, six to 12 months rolling. That always gives a truer picture about your financial health of your organization. Uh, the next would be your days in AR and AR over 90, 120 days, those two things. And then also another thing that I would uh, ideally uh, suggest would also to have a close handle on your valuation of your AR. So you may have tens of millions of dollars that is outstanding, but they're really in gross values, gross numbers, right? So it's very important to also get a grasp about what is it when it's net down, subtracting what has been already paid for, uh, and then you apply all your adjustments. What are you going to lead with, right? And what's the current valuation of your current AR? Apart from that, I would still suggest focus on FPRR, uh, first pass resolution rate, 
your claim denial rates and your denial resolution rate. So as long as you have these three things under your control and at your fingertips, everybody is smart enough to kind of know what the next steps are. So the, the first thing is to be able to arrive to these numbers and do that diligently. Once you arrive there, everybody is there smart enough in the room to come up with strategies on how they can take the organization towards better profitability. Thanks. And I think it goes hopefully without saying, but having that data at your fingertips does not necessarily mean data that is 30 days old, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Up-to-date data in order to actually make a difference. Yes, I totally agree with that. Great. That is all, those are all the questions I've got for you today. We'll take just a minute and see if there's any questions from those that are attending before we hang up. All right, not seeing any questions come across. Um, as always, if questions come up after, after this office hours, feel free to shoot me an email um, and we're more than happy to get that answered for you. Um, thank you, Bemel. This was super informative and timely. So we appreciate your time today and appreciate everyone that joined us and look forward to seeing everyone next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.